ready to minister to us. My best friend, my partner in the faith, and my favorite preacher on this planet. Would y'all please welcome Pastor Kimberly Denise Anderson as she comes and goes to the world. We have no reason to fear. Hallelujah. Father God, it's me and you again. <laughs> I yield myself to you. I'll open my mouth, you fill it. And Father God, what comes out, I know, because it'll come directly from you. We'll beat everything that we need to hear today to bring about abundant fruit for an abundant harvest. We thank you, Father God, that you've already promised us that your word would never, ever, ever, ever return to you void. You already told us, Father God, that your word, hallelujah, is already full of power and it will fulfill everything that you've called it to fulfill. So we thank you now. So I just ask God that you let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, God, let them be acceptable in your sight. I thank you now that the seed of the word will fall on good ground. It will fall on good ground. <laughs> and bring forth much fruit to your glory. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. We'll just read one verse. Let's turn to John chapter 4. And verse 10. And I'm still working with this New King James Bible media, so amen. John 4, verse 10 says, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew, there it is, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. You may take a seat. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, and if you knew who it was who just asked you for water, <laughs> your response would have been a whole lot different. You would have turned around and asked me to give you living water, if you knew. Now, I'll tell you the truth. The man of God has already preached the message. He didn't know he preached the message, but he already preached the message. So I'll just put a little icing on this cake, and, uh, and we'll go on from there. You know, today my goal is, my purpose for standing this morning is to give you that uh, linchpin, that, that key, that, that primary element that's required to bring forth every promise in your life that God has already promised you. That there is one thing, and I said one thing, and that's pretty extreme to say one thing, that's required to help us live the life we keep reading about in the Bible. That as our man of God has spent time so eloquently uh, as I was telling them on Tuesday, evangelizing the church. 
not evangelizing the world, but evangelizing the church. And he asked us a series of questions, and he made a series of statements. And he started with, uh, believe in Jesus. Believe, believe in Jesus. Do you believe in him? Then he told us to believe Jesus. And then we declared, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. But I've come to realize that there's a reason the church has a hard time believing. Even though we've been raised up as savvy Christians, and the moment I say this phrase, you'll be able to complete it, we walk around and we say, it's not a religion, it's a, it's a relationship. And the problem with that is, is how we in relationship with somebody we don't know. I'll tell you the problem with most marriages, the problem with most business relationships, the problem with parent and child is that we don't spend enough time getting to know the very people we are in relationship with. I mean, for those who are dating, for those who are married, you've got to be able to identify what makes your spouse, your significant other, what makes them tick? What, what moves them? What motivates them? What drives them? What, what makes them happy? What's the trigger that will bring back every negative thing that they ever experienced in their childhood? What's, what's, what's their uh, uh, modus operandi when they're in different circumstances and situations? If you can't answer those questions, I submit to you today that you don't know who you're married to and you don't know who you're dating. I'm talking about going past what's your favorite color and what's your favorite ice cream and where's your favorite store to shop and what's your favorite brand of shoe. I'm not talking about those superficial things. I'm talking about when we get together and the storms of life start raging and the winds start blowing, hallelujah, and the waves begin to toss our boat. Do I know who you are? Do I know who you are? Will I be able to recognize you when we have millions? Well, the same way we are in these natural relationships, calling ourselves in love, calling ourselves married, calling ourselves dating, and we have no clue who we are hooked up with. See, the divorce rate will be really low if we spent time Getting to know the person. That person has a title in your life. How do you not know that? Parents, how do you not know that that one word can remind your child of every happy time? That one word can remind them of every sad time? That one word is the one word that makes them say, oh, forget it, I'm not doing it. How do you not know? Because you've not spent enough time getting to know them. Can I tell you something? You know, I'll just talk about parenting because I love children. Um, every child is different. 
They can all have the same mom and all have the same dad and they all be completely different. And if you try to take the approach that I'm going to parent all of my children the same way, and it's not going to work. Why? Because they are all different. I have one who, man, they can't get out from underneath you. You know that at any moment, they're going to be in your bed, not in your room. They're going to be in your bed. And I'm telling you, they're not going to be satisfied with sitting at the foot of the bed. They're going to be the one that finds a way to wedge themselves between the, you know which one you are. I'm not going to call your name. Knows how to wedge themselves in between me and my husband and will stay there lest you kick the person out. Different. And then there's the one, right? Oh man, if they're close to you, you know they're close because they, they just can't keep their hands to themselves. <laughs> if you ever sat near this child in church, that child probably rubbed your arm and rubbed your arm and rubbed your arm and sucked that tongue and rubbed your arm until it... But then there's a third one that's in the house who, same parents, you know... I'll holler at you when I holler at you. She was the one that went, oh, I said she. <laughs> this child is the one, when they take a nap as a child, they took their hands and they took them in. And they laid on their arms. I don't need you to touch me, and I don't need to touch you. However, highly affectionate, but highly affectionate on their terms. When I want a hug, I want a hug, and I want a long hug, and I want a significant hug. But when I don't want to be hugged, you won't be able to find me because I am very secure. Same parents. Same house, same school, or lack thereof, whatever. Same, but all three different. And so each one of them, I had to learn that. I couldn't panic when I didn't see the one child for two hours. I do panic when the other child, I've not seen them in five minutes. Right? I had to take time as a mom. To get to know them. Well, I submit to you today, if we're going to get anything out of our relationship with Jesus Christ, our relationship with Father God, our relationship with the Holy Ghost, we're going to have to get to know them. Now, the easiest way to get to know them is to understand that they all come from one God. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 1 for me and verse 3. I think I gave it to you media in the CEV. I'd like to just read that for brevity of time. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 in the CEV. Let me read it for you. It says, God's son has all the brightness of God's own glory and is like him in every way. So when I read the scriptures and I see the nature of God, 
I can understand that that is the same nature of Jesus Christ and the same nature of the Holy Spirit. So as I go throughout the teaching, don't think that I'm getting this thing wrong and I don't know the difference between God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I absolutely do. But I need you to understand that they're all made up of the same nature and the same character. Amen? Amen. All right. So if I'm going to be in relationship. I've got to know who I'm in relationship with. So to go back to our text over in John chapter 4, we know this as the story when Jesus passed through Samaria. And uh, he went there. Uh, they had just finished a long meeting, and his disciples were going to go into town to get some meat to eat. And Jesus stayed back at a well and ran into a woman there. And as he was sitting on the well, the woman came and uh, Jesus turned to her and said, ma'am, will you please get me uh, something to drink? And uh, verse 8 says, his disciples had gone. It says, then the woman of Samaria in verse 9 said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Here is the issue. She doesn't know the Jewish man that she's sitting with. Maybe those other Jews would have no dealings with you. But this Jewish man sees no color, sees no creed, sees no... This Jewish man will come and talk. He doesn't care about your background. He doesn't care about your past. You're going to find out he doesn't care about the sins you are currently involved in. Not when he's trying to get you to know him, all right? She says, Jesus answered and said to her, verse 10, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me drink, you would have asked me to give you living water. If you had any clue of who you were talking to, if you had any clue who you were in the presence of, you would move so far past what I'm asking you for and get to a place where you begin to ask me for something when you know who you're in the presence of, when you know who this Jewish man is, when you actually know Jesus, you know that he has everything that you need. He says, I'm asking you for natural water that once I drink it, I'll get thirsty again. He says, but I'm offering you living water. Anything living means that it has the ability to recreate, to reproduce, to regenerate, to keep going, to keep sustaining. It has the ability to never run out if it's not disrupted. He said, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is, you would have asked me for living water. Now, here's the thing. Jesus knows us. But in a proper relationship, we've got to know each other. Now, Jesus spends a lot, he spent a lot of time, man, believe it or not, getting to know us. Remember he told Jeremiah, he says, I knew you. He says, I knew you before you were ever formed in your mother's womb. I knew. 
God, the Holy Spirit, all knew me before my parents ever knew each other. Wouldn't that make us understand that he is so absolutely interested in us? That, that you would know me before I showed up on the planet? Eight billion currently here. We're not talking about the ones that are already gone. But he knew. Psalm 103 verse 14 tells us that, that God knows our very frame. He knows how we're made. Uh, Matthew 10.30 tells us that he knows the number of hairs on our head. Come on. He knows, according to Psalm number 139 and verse 2, he knows our very thoughts or plans. Listen to it in the Message Bible. Psalm 139 verse 2. He says, I am. Now, if your man said this to you, it'll just, it'll just tickle you all on the inside. I am an open book to you. That means you can pick up the cell phone. You ain't going to find nothing. You can shake out my pockets. You ain't going to find anything. I am an open book to you. It says, uh, even from a distance, you know what I am thinking. I'm an open book to you. Even from a distance. God knows us like that. You know what I'm thinking. Now, this is a two-sided relationship. If God knows everything about me, shouldn't I take a little time? I'm thinking, if this is a good relationship, shouldn't I invest a little time in getting to know him? So Jesus wants us to get this. He wants us to know that he is the answer to every social, emotional, financial, and relational ill that we could ever, ever encounter. Go over to John chapter 14. He is the answer. See, but we won't believe he is the answer if we don't get to know him. See, we'll get to running and cowering back and operating in fear. Why? Because we don't know him. 1 John 4.18, if I'm not mistaken, tells us that perfect love casts out all fear. And if you're in fear, why? Because fear has torment. And if you're in fear, it's because you've not been perfected in love. That is, you don't know the God of love if you catch yourself operating in fear. All right. John 14, verses, uh, we're going to start at verse 5. Look at this. It says, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, look how he's revealing who he is to him. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Here go Jesus. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, 
and yet you have not known me, Philip? How in the world have we been walking together this long, doing all of these things we've been doing together, and you not know me? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say? I'm thinking he's saying, how can you stand in my face and ask me? Show me the Father. Do you not believe? Here it is, see? That I am in the Father? See, your ability to believe is hinged on, on or based on your ability to know. If you don't know him, you can't believe him. It's this simple. If Jeff Bezos, owner of Amazon, right, walked in and said directly to you, here's my card. So it says Jeff Bezos. He puts his personal cell phone number on the back. He says to you, whatever you need, and I mean whatever you need, just call and ask. I'll give it to you. When your rent comes due and you don't have it, are you going to cry? Are you going to cut up? No, why not? Because you got a card. I said you got a what? A card that has the personal cell phone number on it of the world's richest man. This man lose more money in a day than we, most people will ever see in a whole lifetime. You wouldn't freak out. Why? Because you know who he is. You know what he has. And now he's told you what he's willing to do for you. No problem, right? Well, if we knew Jesus, if we believed Jesus, if he said, come unto me, oh, wouldn't you just? See, the problem is we don't know him. That's why we'll call everybody else. That's why we'll turn to everybody else, because we have not yet spent enough time getting to know him. So he's admonishing Philip, man, you should have known me by now. Verse 10 says, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? So whatever you know about the Father, you should know about me. Whatever you learned in the law that the Father does, you should know, because these guys knew the law. You should know that I'm able to do it. The words that I speak to you, look at this. I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these, he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever, here it is. There's the card. Here's your card, but you got to know him. You got to know him. Philip didn't know him. Here's the card. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. So is he putting some sort of caveat on what you can ask? Is he limiting how much you can ask for? No, he's saying whatever you ask. Well, he surely can't be concerned about something as small as, are you kidding me? He said whatever. Problem is, is we believe man before we believe God. See, it don't even have to be Jeff Bezos. It could be a broke down boyfriend that ain't no, really did nothing but bought chilies for you three times. But he say, baby, baby, whatever you need. And as soon as you get in trouble, who you calling? 
Now you know he ain't got that much. He looks sideways when you wanted steak. See what is he? But Jesus himself is saying, whatever, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Why? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14, if you ask for big things in my name, I will. If you ask for doable things in my name, I, no, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I will, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. But remember, first thing is you got to know him. And then once you get to know him, you got to believe him, right? And then you can receive anything you need. Look at this. Go over to uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30 in the Passion Translation. See, Jesus was very confident in, in his divinity. You know, we read in Proverbs every month that, that you shouldn't praise yourself, that another man should praise you. However, when you're God, who knows you well enough to be able to describe you in the way that you need to be described? There's nobody, I mean, Philip walking with him and still couldn't understand that what the father was, Jesus. So Jesus would have to say of himself things like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am, you know, love. I am the bread of life. I, he had to say these things because there was no one else in the earth realm who was qualified to express who and what he is. So everything we need. Think about any social ill. Kids are out of school for two weeks, right? Now, I'm praying against car thefts. I'm praying against them. I'm on it. I'm just telling you I'm on it. But how many of you kind of understand time out of school kind of tends towards social ill? Do you know God has an answer for that? Yes. Not the government? Yes. Yes. Think about any financial ill. Pastor Kim, I, don't, I, I need, you know, I need a house, and I, I just don't have the down payment. I don't have the security deposit. I don't, I don't, I just, you know, I should have it. You're right. I should have it. You're right. I should have it, but I don't. Do you know that doesn't confuse Jesus? Nor does it limit his ability. Somebody needs to hear this. Nor does it limit his ability to operate in your life. Do you know how many times God moved in our lives? I'm speaking of pastor and mine. When we know we should have, could have, why didn't we? Uh, and he still answered and he still came through and he still delivered. Our God is the God who will redeem our lives from destruction even if it's my own fault. He said, if you ask anything, not only ask me the things that you've gotten right, that you're walking out all the steps, just ask me for those things. You've been a good little girl, and you've taken your vitamins every day, and you eat an apple, and you watch the number of carbs you consume, so now you are qualified to ask me for healing. No! Even when I blow it, 
Ladies and gentlemen, we got to get to know the God that we say we love so much. We got to get to know him. We got to get to know him. More than just able to sing, you know, three Kirk Franklin songs from 1993. We got to be able to know more about him than Jesus wept. We got to know more than what he did for grandma and auntie. We got to get to know the person of Jesus Christ. We've got to know God the Father. We've got to know the Holy Spirit. And we've got to know them for ourselves. These times are way too perilous for us to try to walk out life on grandmama's testimony. Can I tell you something? Grandmama's testimony ain't gonna do what you need to have done in your life today. You've got to know him for yourself. you got to know that Jesus is Lord. You've got to know that his kingdom rules over all. You've got to know that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man can come. You've got to know him. You've got to know that he will redeem your life from destruction. You got to know, hallelujah, that he will set you on high, high above. Oh my God, you got to know that he is the captain of your salvation, that he will free you from every bit of molestation of the evil one. You got to know, hallelujah, Jesus for yourself. You got to get to know him. You got to get to know him. You got to get to know him. My husband couldn't keep telling me, babe, I love you. But every time I turn around, you making me mad. Every time I turn around, you're offending me. You don't know by now that I don't like it when you say that. You don't know by now that I don't like it when you do that. You don't know by now that I'm not particularly fond of that. But you say you love me. But you don't know me. Well, you don't think Jesus feels the same way? God the Father feels the same way? Holy Spirit, you're welcome. I don't want to go anywhere I'm not known. Anybody like to feel uncomfortable? I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, mm. No, it's awkward. You don't know what to say. You don't know how to behave. It's kind of like going to someone's house for the first time and you don't know their house rules. You know, there's some people you go to their homes and they want you to take the shoes off at the front door, but you go bouncing your, and it, see, if, I, if, you, if I'd have just known that about you. Well, how is it that we're coming to church Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, revival meeting after revival meeting, wanting the presence of God to manifest himself, yet and still he, he comes in and we don't know how to greet him. We don't know how to honor him. We don't even know how to adorn our bodies so that he feels welcome. How, how do we worship a God that we don't know? We got to get to know him. Churches are shut down this morning. You know why? Not they don't know him. The pastors don't know him. The pastors.
pastors don't know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper because they don't know that he is the God who formed the blacksmith, who formed the silversmith. They don't know the God who yields and... They don't know. They can quote this Logos, but there's no rhema revelation of who God is. So they live any kind of way. They talk any kind of way. They adorn themselves any kind of way. They go any kind of place. You know why? Because they don't know the God they're carrying. And I refuse to parent a house where the people don't know God. I refused to raise children who couldn't read by the age of five. If I got to keep singing the alphabet song, keep singing A makes the sound, B makes the sound, C makes the sound, if that is our morning devotional until you know every letter, every letter sound, so be it. Well, come on. If we want to learn the person and the nature of our God, we've got to keep going over these scriptures and over these scriptures and over these scriptures and until they become real to us. Lest you become the very religious person you can't stand. I love you, Lord. Tell me something about him. Tell me something about him. Tell me something about him. You know, shock your your husband one time. I love you. Why? See, that always throws people off their A-game. I love you. Why? No, why? I don't care if it's been 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. Why? And I'm telling you, it better not be the same thing you told me when we were dating. Because I'm not that girl. I'm changing every day. You know, Jesus, according to Hebrews 13 and 8, is the same. Yesterday, today, and forevermore, he is the God that changes not. How is it that we don't know him? See, I changed. So my husband is like always like caught up in a tornado. Because when we first married, it was, don't bring me flowers. I don't like flowers. I don't want no flowers. Then I transitioned into, well, if you're going to bring me flowers, bring me tropical flowers. Well, then it transitioned to, man, if you can find me the biggest, prettiest, pinkest rose and peony and rinoculus, you, you, oh, my God, I'm just the same girl who said, do not bring me flowers. See, it's different when it's human to human, but we're talking about a God who does not change. So he's giving us an invitation in Matthew chapter 11 to get to know him. He says in the Passion Translation, he says, are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Are you weary and carrying a heavy burden? The teens and I talked about some heavy burdens the other night. And kids are carrying heavy burdens. So I know if kids are carrying heavy burdens, and they shouldn't be carrying nam burden at all. 
So I know adults are carrying heavy burdens, but listen to this is an invitation from God for us to get to know him. He says, then come to me. Do you hear that? Then come to me. Don't go to your friends. Don't go to Facebook and do a poll. My God, would everybody please stop doing polls? Please, you don't know what shirt you want to wear? Which kind of lipstick do you think I ought to wear? I will. <laughs> you know, I always got a medal just a little bit. <laughs> My daughter going to be like, ma. I will, look at this, refresh your life. So first of all, he says, come to me. It's almost like a, like a, you know, I put it in italics because I, I want it in my Bible, like in the prettiest little slanty font, because I just feel like Jesus is saying, hey, come to me. Look at what he said. And I will refresh your life. Look at this. For I am your oasis. An oasis is a big pool of water in a desert. I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Look at this. Learn my ways. Learn my ways. Learn how I operate. Learn how I deal with, with people. Learn how I deal with my sons and daughters. Look, and you'll discover that Jesus is not standing over your head getting ready to bop you with an with a anvil because you just dumb and you did it again. No, that's not him. That I am gentle, humble, easy to please. It's so hard to get along. No, it's not. He's easy to please. You look, at what they can, look, look. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. Come to me and learn my ways. Come and learn something about me. And you'll find out, I'm sorry, that grandma just didn't know him. That she knew him the best she could comprehend. But if she were able to read this for herself and, and discover these truths, she would have found out that it wasn't a burden. It wasn't a heavy load. You know, we're not struggling and straining on our way home. She'd have found out that we could dance and praise because we serve a gentle, humble, easy to please God. He invites us to come to him and rest. Now, rest from what? Look at this. And Pastor and I have been able, I got a question the other day, to this effect. How did you and pastor get to a place where you know God will just, you just kind of know that, you just kind of know. We accepted the invitation to rest. And the way we accepted the invitation to rest was, we got in his word and we found a place where we could rest our total beings. You'll hear me say that a lot because that's the only way I can express it. We learned how to rest ourselves. We learned how to tell our souls to be quiet, our thinker, feeler, chooser. We learned how to tell it to be quiet and say, okay, I see soul, 
what you're doing right now, but God says. And he would have to come to me, and I would have to go to him. And he would have to come to me, and I would have to go to him. And then we'd have to go to the children, and the children would come to us. And then we would go to him, and he would come to me. And we would just keep rehearsing it until our souls found a way to rest. So how do we do it? In debt freedom, how do we get our souls to rest? How do we get to come to a knowledge that Jesus would redeem our lives from destruction. And it became so real to us, we put the phrase in, even if it's my own fault. That's Psalm 103, verse 4. We spent so much time in Psalm number 103 that we came to the revelation that God will get me out of this. God will get me out of this. We tried to get ourselves out of it. We tried to start a business. You know, I tried to apply for jobs. I mean, any and everything that we could think of, we had fancy little plans and, 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 and spreadsheets. And Okay, we got to rest. God, you said you'd deliver us. You would redeem our lives. You'd buy us out of this trouble. You'd buy us out of this trouble, even if it's, even if it's our own fault. We learned his ways. Do you know how many times he got the children of Israel out of trouble? It was their fault. They were in Egyptian slavery. It was their fault. They were in Babylonian slavery. It was their fault. And every time, every time, I said every time, he got them out. A lot of times, you know, I like to refer to the story. Well, it's not a story. The, the recount of the prophet uh, Hosea and how he would go back and get Gomer. Go buy her back. If you don't know the story, God had, her, had Hosea marry a prostitute. And she would go out in the streets and have children on him. And she'd be out there on the block, as we would call on the corner. And the Lord would go back to Hosea. You go get her. Lord, look at her. Nope, you go get her. And what would he do? Go get her. Well, then we discovered that every time we messed up, every time we went back to that whore Babylon, you heard me, that whore Babylon, he would come and he would redeem our lives from destruction. How do we manifest physical healing? He said in Exodus 15, 26, hallelujah, that none of these diseases of Egypt will I put on you. But I like the last phrase in that. He says, I am the Lord who heals you, period. So God didn't give it to me. God's not testing me. God's not building my faith. God's not making me walk this thing out because I did so many ugly things before I got to know him. No, I am the Lord God who heals you, period. Period. Well, you deserve lung cancer because you smoked all them years. Nope. Nope. I am the Lord God who heals you. Your liver ought to be bad. Anybody drink that much gin and tonic? Nope. I am the Lord God who heals you, period. How do we attain material possessions? And by now, I'm sure you figured out if we buy it, we pay cash. We don't have to talk about it, right? No good thing, come on, Psalm 8411, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Lord, I'm walking uprightly. 
That's my house. That's my car. Those are my shoes. That's my purse. That's my suit. That's my belt. No good thing. That's how you rest yourself. That's how you rest yourself. Soul warfare. Oh, soul warfare. I want everybody to understand that we have soul warfare. That things go on in our souls. And um, can I tell you something? Sometimes it happens on Sunday and it happens on Wednesday. And no pastor didn't make me mad and no, I didn't make him mad. It's just something going on in our souls. Do you know we still have to come to church? All of you who got something, I just got a little something going on. I just, I just, we still got to come with something going on. And get up here and sing and preach and pray and lay hands. Because we got something going on too. Well, here nothing but I got something going on, Pastor Pray for me. I got something going on. I'm going to start texting back. I got something going on too. Period. But do you know what I learned? That the Lord will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Put your mind on him. I said put your mind on him. Put your mind on him. And he'll keep you in perfect peace. Oh my God. Isaiah 26 and 3, if you got to write that down. Well, Pastor Kim, how do you... You accept the invitation. He said, are you heavy laden? Are you burdened? Well, come to me. I'll refresh you. I'll be your oasis. Well, Father God, I'm coming to you. I don't go to him, I don't go to him crying. No. I do. If I cry, it's straight hormones. Forgive me. I'm just telling you the truth. If I cry, it's just, just don't pay her no mind. Pay her no mind. I had to tell my husband the other day, don't pay me no mind. He said, child, I know. So don't pay me no mind. You got to let me just, let me weather this. Let me just get on through this. You'll be all right. Toughen up. It might come again tomorrow. You just, you, you know. But I'm learning that even in hormonal changes, if I just start praising God, if I just start dancing before the Lord, hallelujah, every little thing going to be all right. But I can't dwell on that. I said I can't dwell on that. And you're definitely not going to give me any hormone replacement therapy. You're not going to give me that. This is it right here, the word of God. All right? But we got to get to know this about God. He's not going to just, you know, Pastor just blessed me so when he ministered about uh, Deacon Stephen and uh, they were getting ready to stone him. And see, I always, I knew that God would always come to my rescue. I knew that God would help me, but when he opened up the word of God and showed me that Jesus is still captain of salvation, he is still the angel of the Lord, he is captain of the Lord's army, and when he stands up, he stands up ready to, what did you say? Jesus will fight for me? Oh, I ain't, oh, I ain't, I ain't clowning nobody else. I said, I ain't clowning nobody else. Folk better pray that I ask, Lord, forgive them. Because if I don't, because if I don't, because if I don't, he coming to get you. So you can rest yourself. So you can rest yourself. Can I tell you something about Father God? You ain't got to fight nobody. I ain't fight nobody. 
one time this person called me, they wanted to go, they were going off on my phone. They were going off on my phone. When I said they was going off on my phone, they were going off, off on my phone. Father God, I come to you now. For this, this wretched soul. Forgive her, Father, for she knows not what she does. Father God, I speak peace to her now in the name of Jesus. Oh, I knew it. I heard a dial tone. Oh, you don't want me to pray. Oh, okay. See, here's what we got to know about Jesus. Numbers 23, 19. Numbers 23, 19. I ain't got to fight. I ain't got to fight you. Come shady all you want to. You get nothing out of me. Bless your heart. Bless your darling heart. You know he's standing, right? That's okay. Numbers 23, 19, you got to know this. That God is not a man that he should lie. You got to know this. He cannot lie. You got to know this about God. He cannot lie. Not he might not lie. See, I might not lie. I do my best not to lie. But he cannot lie. So if he said it, if he spoke it, if he revealed it, he will bring it to pass. You are just one praise, one revelation, one knowing away from everything breaking in your life. One, one. He cannot lie. Go to John 1.10. Look at this, and here's the problem. We're acting like the world. He didn't want relationship with the world. John 1.10 says he came into the world and that the world was made through him. Look at this. Here's the problem with the world. And the world did not know him. So do you see why uh, we struggle with some spiritual things? Because we're still worldly. And we're still worldly, not because we're wearing miniskirts and booty shorts. That ain't what worldly is. Worldly is, you just don't know him. You just don't know him. You just don't know him. That's what worldly is. He made the world, all that's in it, but the world wouldn't take the time to get to know him. It says that he came unto his own. The next person says, and his own wouldn't receive him. They wouldn't receive him because they didn't know him. And they didn't, well, they didn't believe him, and they didn't believe him because they didn't know him. Right. Had been prophesying all these years that the Messiah was coming. He shows up. No, that can't, that can't be. You mean Mary, Joe? No, that can't, can't be. All right? So here are the benefits of knowing God. I just, I got to give you the benefits. You got to know, man, it's worth your, it's worth your time investment. And I mean time investment. I want you guys to go back and read John chapter four, that story 
of the woman of Samaria. You know, it, it takes this, I was going to have James Akintunde come read it for us because he's got that voice. I saw that last night. I was going to do like my, um, my holiness preacher, uh, Herman Murray. I was going to have him, my reader come. I was going to have him stand right here and read, you know. Because you need to read the whole chapter. You really need to see how this woman went from seeing him as a Jew who would be racist to now seeing him as a prophet who knew some things to becoming an evangelist for him. All because she remained in dialogue with him long enough for him to reveal to her who he really was. The reason we can't get past him being a God who saves is because we don't stay long enough with him for him to reveal more to us. We got to get to know him so that we can run. See, that's the reason we don't invite anybody to church because we don't know him. Now, I know where you can get the best pizza in town. And if anybody asks me, Pastor Kim, where do you get the best pizza? Look at all y'all sitting up. I saw Eric eyes go like, where the best pizza in town? Gianni's. If you don't go to Gianni's, you are eating good pizza, right? And we tell people because we've spent enough time and we've worked ourselves from just a pepperoni pizza, New York style, all the way to everything in between till you get to the Sicilian. You understand that you really go there for the bread. So you, you just work your way. And so when people ask me, do you need a, I need a pizza recommendation? Gianni's over by Chuck E. Cheese. You know exactly where it is. And their wings are amazing. And I'm quick to share that because there's no hesitation in me when it comes to who has the best pizza. The reason we have such hesitation when it comes to the things of God is because we don't know anything about it. We don't know any more than the world does. And a lot of times we get tripped up because the world knows more than we know. So then we really hush our mouths in. Let a Jehovah, that's why you're running from the Jehovah's Witness. That's why you run from your Hebrew Israelite cousin. Because he know that's why you run from the Muslim. Because they know more about him than you do. And you don't want to be shamed. The benefits of knowing God. Psalm 91.14. Oh, Psalm 91.14. Because he offers us deliverance. I'm learning. Hallelujah. Because... He has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. Look at this B clause. I will set him on high. Why? Why? Say it loud. Because he has known my name. So you want to be delivered from the reach of Satan? from the reach of the beggarly world element. You want to get out from around all of this little talk about little viruses doing little things to a few people? Then here's what you got to do. You got to get to know his name. It's a little bitty virus doing little things to a little bit of people. Y'all, there are 8 billion people on the planet. Can we stop tripping? 
No, God takes no pleasure in anybody's death. But can we, can we put this thing in perspective? People dying every day, y'all. People that don't even make the news. You go to Walmart and see all of the missing children on the poster when you check out. Can I tell you something? They're not missing. They're not missing. They're dead. Oh, no, they in Vietnam. No, they're not. They're not being child trafficked. They're not child trafficking black people to, to Vietnam. You stand out too much. They're not in Cambodia. He will deliver you. He will set you on high just because you know his name. You know why? Because when you know his name, do you know what you do when you know somebody's name? You call his name. You name drop. My kids, they get it up. Mama! Now you know it's real bad when they say, Daddy! Everybody better run, but you get it because you've known my name. Look at this. Go to Daniel chapter 11, verse 32 in the complete Jewish Bible. I think I sent this to media. Look at this. Those who act wickedly against the covenant, he will corrupt. So God does nothing evil, nothing bad, nothing harmful, nothing crooked, nothing to the people of God. He's not talking to you when you read all of that rad stuff. Listen, with his blandishments, and blandishments is he'll speak favorably. Is that he's being shady, okay? But the people who know their God, but the people who know their God will stand firm and what? Prevail. You will dominate every situation that could possibly come your way if you just get to know him. I said if you just get to know him. Look at this. Go back to John 14, and we're closing. So y'all can go and eat at the restaurant. You get a good seat today. Good parking space, good seat. Y'all running at half capacity? Praise the Lord. I want that table over there. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me drink, you would have asked me and I would have given you living water. Do you know what you get? You get living water. You get staying power. You get to drink of something that will never run out. The reason people burn out, run out, give out, is because they're not drinking living water. And they're not drinking living water because they don't know him. I, I want to help everybody. There's this phenomena that I asked Pastor to teach on it, and he didn't sound too excited, so, you know, I'll throw it in wherever I can. <laughs> I'm trying to get him to do a faith increase teaching on uh, date night, girls' night out, and man cave. Yes. <laughs> can we cut that foolishness out? I'm just looking for Psalm number 145. For what? You sleep with that joker every night. 
I just, I just, I don't, I don't think we're connecting enough. We need date night. Date night? Are you kidding me? You eat together? You mean to tell me you can't date the children now? You can't talk nice while they playing in the park? You can't? Girls night out. I just got it. I just got to disconnect and unplug. Unplug from what? Was it? Didn't you want to be a wife? I said, didn't you want to be a wife? What you begging God, sowing seed, putting in prayer requests for a husband? Now you need a girl's weekend? Take your tail home. I've had enough. Because you're not drinking of the living water. Go home. Go home. Ain't no business for married women got to be in Cancun doing nothing. Take your, and then the first one, Come on, you're running and scared and calling him and he can't even do nothing about it. Go home. And all y'all taking up valuable square footage talking about a man cave. So you can just check the box I came home? Are you kidding me? Oh, I don't feel like interacting with these children you had to have? With this wife you had to marry? Now you got to go somewhere and just unplug. Unplug from what? You built this family. I'm fixing marriages right here. If we would stop fighting to spend so much time apart, maybe we could get along. And if we would stop acting like children are such a burden, maybe they'll want to be around us. Amen. Well, I said it. Well, I said it. Well, I said it. And I ain't going to argue with you about it. Raise your children, and one day, if you do it right, they'll leave your house, and y'all can put candles on the table every day and leave them, and you ain't never got to blow them out. You can let them jokers melt till they run to the floor. I mean, my goodness, it's an excuse to, to give away money. Ain't nobody need that much steak on a Thursday. Like, dog, how much steak you gonna eat? It takes six days to digest that joker. Man, please. What you talking about? The same stuff you would have talked about if you ate pizza at home with them churns. I need date night. My goodness, date night. Clean your bedroom and he'll want to stay in there. I'm just saying. I'm meddling. I'm going to tell you to get to know him. We're talking about proper relationship. We're talking about proper relationship. You got to get to know him. And he got to get to know you. And if you get to know each other, you won't want to be apart so much. And it won't take $500 to reconnect. I reconnect with my husband right at Carver's at that little hot top table. We get us some cheese curds. My God, it's just beautiful. Dream together over a chicken strip. And then when it's time to go on your anniversary trip, you got them 500 that you keep eating up all week long by the date night. You got to stay in the quality inn because you keep date night. Okay, so I'm done. Psalm number 145. I'm just going to read you a little bit about our... I'm going to read you. Welcome back, baby. Welcome back. I'm going to read you a little bit about our God. Y'all come on back, as Pastor would say. Y'all come on back. Y'all come on back. Y'all come on back. Girls weekend. That sounds like sin in and of itself, don't it? Girls weekend. What you doing in that man cave? So I'm just watching basketball. 
Not no more. The Lord fixed that, didn't he? Big old man came. No basketball, no baseball, no hockey, no soccer, no nothing. I just held praise God increase on you. I'm done. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Y'all can't even listen to me no more. Y'all listen, I'm about to tell you about God. The Lord is gracious. Oh, verse 8, 145 verse 8. Listen to, I'm just going to give you a little bit about our God. I want you to know our God. I want you to know our God. Take them turn to the park. You sit on the bench and y'all just talking each other in and giggle and giggle and giggle and giggle. The Lord is gracious. Oh, look at this. And full of compassion. Slow to anger and great in mercy. Women's ministry, not girls weekend away. The Lord is good to all. Do you see that? That, that saved my life right there. When pastor got the revelation that the Lord does good, he is good, and he's good to all, that just took all the limits off. Because I'm an all. I'm an all. I'm part of all. And his tender mercies are over all his works. Look at that. Isn't that powerful? That's powerful right there. I'm going to turn over my Bible. I'm going to go down to verse 14 in that same chapter. <laughs> Bless them two over there. There go your women's ministry meeting. She's back. <laughs> the Lord upholds all who fall. Do you see that? Anybody ever fallen? Anybody ever messed up? Anybody ever got tripped up? Anybody know you should be further along than you are, but you're not there because you failed? Look at that. The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look expectantly to you. Look at this. And you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. Look at this. And you satisfy the desire of every living way. Look at this. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. How do you not love a God like this? How do you not want to get to know him, a God like this? The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. And you can only call upon him in truth because you know him. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and save them. This is the God I'm talking The Lord preserves all who love him. But look at this. But all the wicked he will destroy. You're not wicked. You're not wicked. You're not wicked. But all the wicked he will destroy. So look at what my mouth will do. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and forever. Amen. 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 Get to know him. Man of God, come take this over. Give them an opportunity to get to know him. Get to know him. Come on, keep praising the Lord for that today. Hallelujah. Get to know him. To know him is to love him. 
And uh, when you love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and your strength, then um, you don't mind fellowshipping with him, spending time with him. And the wonderful thing about God is, the Bible said in Hebrews 13, 8, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He said, I do not change. I change not Malachi. He said, I change not. Although he doesn't change, you and I, the more time we spend with him, we discover more and more about him. That's what Pastor Kim was illustrating. Uh, she's changed. We're, we'll be married 20 years come this May. In 20 years, <laughs> praise the Lord. Yeah, give her a hand. Give her a hand. She's, she's put up with a, a lot. <laughs> um, but she's changed and I've changed. So we have to continually, continuously study each other and learn each other. God does not change in eternity, yet we must continue to study him and learn him, to know him. And fellowshipping with him, we discover more and more about him. There are things I guarantee you, if you've been saved more than a year, that you know about God today that you didn't know a year ago. Some of you now know him as a healer. Some of you now know him as a redeemer, as a deliverer. Some of you now know him as a provider. You didn't know that when you first came to him. You just know him as a, as a savior. But the more time you spend with him, the more you uh, get to know him. Um, anybody in this place you don't know Jesus Christ today as your Lord and your savior, then I want to give you the chance to know him for yourself. Um, you know him through Jesus Christ. In John 14, 6, Pastor Kim read it. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. Just John 14 and verse 6. So you can't be saved without Jesus Christ. The Bible says there's no other name given under heaven whereby men might be saved than the name of Jesus. He's the entryway into all the blessings of God. Okay? To be in church doesn't mean you know him. To attend faithfully every Sunday doesn't mean you know Jesus Christ. And when he comes, and he is coming back very soon, only those who actually know him will be caught up together to meet him in the air. What, what a woeful day it would be, Chris, to find on that day of the rapture that you didn't know him. I mean, how awful would that be that you would have spent your whole life, maybe even come to church or maybe even serving in ministry and find out that you didn't know him? At that point, it's, it's much too late. But we can be sure of it today that we know him for ourselves and have him in our hearts. And uh, you'll know because your life will begin to change rapidly. Amen? So right now I'm going to give the invitation to anybody who doesn't know Jesus Christ personally as your Lord and your Savior to come to know Jesus Christ today. Today is the day of salvation. The Bible says in the day of salvation, uh, harden not your heart. Don't harden your heart. Don't say, oh, I don't need all that. The truth is you do need it. If you and I didn't need to be born again, God would not have wasted Jesus Christ's blood. He would not have let his son down the cross if people did not need to be born again. So I'm going to give you that chance right now. So whoever you are, 
Raise your hand. Come to the altar. Whatever you're, you're kind of do, I want you to come. I see you. Come on. Praise the Lord for that. And while you're praising somebody else today in this place, you know personally, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. You've, again, I'll, I'll, I want to make sure I say this clearly, everybody. It doesn't matter that you're in church. You've heard me say it before. I'll say it again. Being in church doesn't make you a believer or a Christian even more than standing in a garage makes you a car. You got it? Jesus said you must be born again. That's an experience you have to have. It's a new birth that you have coming to know Jesus Christ. There's nothing to be afraid of. Remember, he's gentle, he's humble, easy to please. Praise God. And so you just come to him, Father, I don't even know what, I'm, what all I need. When I got saved, the day I got born again, February 12th, 1989, I didn't know what I was getting into. I just knew I needed to be born again. It's taken me now 30 years to learn, 31 years now, thank you, Lord, to learn of him. Thank you, Lord. So I'll, I'll give the pill one, one more time. Anybody in this place, you're not born again, not part of the family of God, if you're nervous, that person next to you, I guarantee you, they love you enough, they'll walk down here with you. I guarantee you. Nobody's going to refuse to come with you. They'll come. They'll come. So I'm going to give you that chance right now, whoever you are. There may even be somebody watching us online today. You're at home or you're at work or wherever you are you're watching. You may just have tuned in through Facebook, YouTube, whatever social media stream that you're watching us through. You can get saved right there where you are. I got saved in church, but I got baptized in the Holy Ghost at home. <laughs> it was, I was at home when I started speaking in tongues. So it can happen right where you are. I know people, they, they've gotten saved in the movies in the movie theater. So if you're at home watching, you can get saved right where you are. All right, let's pray. Let's pray. I want everybody to pray this prayer with me. There's a young man here. He's, he's going to pray this prayer out loud, loud enough for him to hear it with his own ears and his own heart. And I want us to pray together with him as if it's our first time. I don't care where I, wherever I am in church. If somebody's praying the prayer of salvation, I pray right along with them. That's just how I am. And I know God doesn't have to do it. I always say, Lord, save me again. I, don't, I, don't, I know he, he's not, he not going to do it. It's just I want to make sure I'm current. <laughs> I always want to renew my vows with the Lord. Let him know I still love you. And I'd do this all over again. 31 years and I'll, still, I'll do it today. So let's pray this out loud. Dear God, I come to you now. In need of a Savior, I realize I was living in sin. And in my sin, you gave Jesus Christ, shed his own blood, so I don't have to be in sin. Now, Father, I ask you to come into my heart. Send Jesus into my heart the same way you sent him into the earth. I receive Jesus. I believe that he died and he rose again. And I confess with my mouth from this day forward that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. I'm no longer in charge. I surrender my life to you. I give you my life now. Take my life 
and do something with it. I thank you that now I am born again. I'm a new creature. I'm saved. Old things have passed away. And everything is brand new. I thank you for my salvation. Now I ask you, Father, one more thing. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Fill me with your mighty power. Fill me with your presence. Fill me with your anointing. I receive the Holy Ghost now in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Give God a praise right now. Now, listen, they're going to help you. They're going to get some information from you. But there's a part B to this. The part B to this is getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay, now we've just prayed for him to fill you. But I just mentioned to you, I got saved in 1989, February 12th. But it was sometime later, about two years later, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I had been seeking, seeking, seeking this subsequent experience where the Holy Ghost comes in, takes residence and lives with me, lives in me. And there may be somebody else besides this young man here who you're saved. I know I'm born again, but I've never had that experience of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Ladies and gentlemen, that's where the power comes from. Without him on the inside of you, you don't have power. So even though you're saved, every day will still kind of be a struggle. Every day will still be a, I'm trying to do right. I'm trying to do right. When the Holy Ghost fills you, he's going to help you. He's going to come in. He's going to lead and guide you. He'll give you a new language. Your prayer life goes to a whole different dimension. That's because you get filled with the Holy Ghost. So, young man, what's your name? Octavius. All right, nice to meet you, sir. After service, I got a young lady, young man. They're going to pray with you, all right, for that experience. Anybody else in this place, you've never had that experience of being baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, I don't care who you listen to. I don't care about all of YouTube and Facebook preachers and all the Baptist folk who say that's not right. Listen, all through the book of Acts, it was the same way every single time. So if you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, do that today. As soon as service is over, in here a couple minutes, you come up front, and young man and lady will take you, and we have a room. They'll pray for you, pray with you, and uh, you'll receive the Holy Ghost in no time flat. I promise your life will change. Amen? Amen. Come on, give Octavius a hand. Today, all of heaven is celebrating him. Come on, let the Lord know you appreciate what he's done for Octavius. Octavius, turn around, turn around. Look at them. They're, they're clapping for you. Come on. Praise God. All right, you can return to your seat. As soon as we finish, they'll take care of you. Why don't y'all take one more moment to give the Lord a hand for Pastor Kim's message today. How many of your marriages were helped today, too? Our marriage just got straightened out. Praise the Lord. Future marriages, future marriages all straightened out. To know him is to love him. To love him is to serve him. To walk with God. There's be a song. It's good to know Jesus. Everybody ought to know.
Jesus, right? And so to know him, and Paul said, and rather to be known of him. I know him, he knows me. The Bible says the foundation of the Lord stands sure, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. He knows you if you're his or not. That means not everybody's his. But it, when we're his, he knows us. Amen? Amen? Pastor Kim, thank you so much for ministering the word to us today. And we pray tremendous blessings back upon you uh, in your life. Now, listen, we're back. We, we're not canceling church for anybody. Okay? All right, we, we are here. Now, I know there are some major churches, large churches, they kind of had this press upon them. They got to cancel service because they're over 250 and all that kind of stuff. Well, we're not, remember that whole thing, separation of church and state? Everybody fights for? All of a sudden, we, didn't get, we were not separated anymore. Okay? But we're, we're going to be here Tuesday, uh, prayer. Now, a lot of y'all out of school and off work. So there's prayer Tuesday. At noon, there's prayer wins. I know you're not used, well, yeah, you're used to being up. So 7 o'clock Wednesday morning, we have corporate prayer. Then we're back, of course, Wednesday night for our midweek fellowship. And we're going to continue talking about uh, our increase. God is challenging us to do much in his kingdom. Amen? Do the right thing for him. So be back Wednesday night. Now, this Friday, everybody say this Friday. This Friday, we're going to be over at Powerful Living Ministries celebrating their pastors and churches' 17th uh, anniversary, okay? Pastor Ulysses and Annette Burden, they're celebrating 17 years of pastoring and as a church, and we're asking everybody to please join us there. Uh, let's try to get 250. <laughs> That's a joke. You know, they say coronavirus, only 250 and under, so because if you get 251, everybody's going to get it. So we're, let's get right up to 250, and uh, let's be there celebrating with them. And I, I really would appreciate uh, you all being there. Date night, late night, date night. If you're going to have their, their date night on Friday, make it a late night date night um, if you're going to do it. Culver's, amen, throw down. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A? All right. Um, and then place, make sure it's on your calendars, uh, Sunday, April the 5th, through Wednesday, April the 8th, will be our 2020 uh, Spring Faith Meeting. And uh, Apostle Philip Derber is going to be our speaker. His, his name's not on there, but y'all know who he is, Apostle Philip Derber. Philip D. Derber. That's right, Apostle Philip D. Derber. Make sure you get that on there, Kirk. And Apostle Philip D. Derber uh, from Frankfort, Kentucky. We've got about 43, 45 people signed up to be, come here, uh, already out-of-town guests. And they're going to they're gonna be with us during that time. So we hopefully we hit right about 249, 250 during that thing. Praise God. No, I don't care. Uh, but we're going to have a great time. So make sure it's on your calendars. Hopefully y'all are still out of school and off work, but not losing any money. See, this is why you want to be a seed sower, because you need to be living on harvest in time to come. Amen. And so make sure that's on your calendar, and we're going to keep going with all that good stuff. I think that's all of our announcements, right? Okay, come on, woman of God. Oh, that's right. After service today, those who are interested in being a part of the um, Resurrection Sunday production, uh, Miss Elise, they're meeting with you where? Okay, going to go next door in building two. Uh, of course, that means everybody who has children, grab your children. Get them out of the way.
real quick. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And then they'll be meeting over there in building two for that. All right. Thank you, God, again for all of our guests. I don't think we ever acknowledged our guests, did we? Guests, thank you for being a part of our service. We appreciate you. Appreciate you. Hope you are blessed. Hope you receive one of our little gift bags. There's always something in there, something good in there for you. If you're a second-time guest, make sure you let our ushers know today was your second time being here. We got a little gift for you, a little book that uh, I penned years ago uh, for the most wonderful things the Lord has done. Jesus provided for us. One thing is divine protection from coronavirus. All right? We have no reason to fear. The Lord is our light. The Lord is our light. Amen? All right, bow your heads. Father, thank you today for this time you've given us in this, in this place. Thank you for the word that has been richly preached to us. We receive it from this woman of God, and we pray tremendous blessings back upon her, strength for her, life for her, health for her, joy for her, peace for her, Father, and all the promised blessings. And as recipients of this word, Think that the word will produce exactly what you're sending to produce in our lives, this life of peace in knowing you. Continue to bless us, Father, as we go through this week. We'll walk in your divine favor and your love and your blessings. Thank you that financial miracles are happening in our lives every day. We increase more and more. And I thank you, Father, today for giving us opportunity this week to tell somebody about the Jesus we know and love and that somebody will come to know him and serve him themselves. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Give God a praise and bless somebody as you leave this place today.